0: You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been cleared for takeoff.
1: Blame it on the rain that was falling.
0: And welcome to the Alouettes Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouettes football. I am Tim Capper, along
1: with Cliffy D. Hey, buddy, how are you? I'm doing good, Tim. How's about you?
0: Uh, well, a little bit of a cold, but, uh, you know, some say a a lower voice equals a sexier voice, and it equals a, a radio voice, so, um... So I guess from now on, I can start off the podcast by going in a world where nobody really cares.
1: So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you didn't happen to catch a cold over the weekend. Did you? I sure did. Oh, my. I was going to ask
0: you, how, how was your weekend?
1: Uh, well, I mean, it didn't start off great, but uh, Friday, yeah,
0: night, I, Friday night football fail.
1: Oh, yeah. Just just a little bit. I mean, Mother Nature just came along and just punched us in the back of the head and that sucked yes yes
0: and we have a lot to talk about that did you do anything oh. you do anything else besides watching the game
1: oh just uh listen yeah, uh i actually went to a uh anniversary party uh uh had some fun there uh, had a few drinks there and you know just uh, took it easy uh then uh sunday was day to relax uh, Watched the arena bowl i heard that was pretty good
0: yes yes it was and for those who don't know what we're talking about um, that's the uh, Arena Football League's championship game um, that's it's funny, we talk about the weekends, that's that's actually where I was um, I was at my uh, that was my 12th Arena Bowl that I've attended and I was in Albany, New York for the game um, it was, it was it's a fun time it's it's very similar to, I always it's it reminds me a lot of the Grey Cup and the festivities and and stuff it, Actually, obviously on a, on a lot smaller scale but you know when people talk about uh, you know the ha- you know, hashtag CFL family it's you know the hashtag arena football family so I had fun I had fun something actually very interesting came out of that that I wanted to tell you um, okay and this is that so uh, GoFundMe was, was started to bring a fan over from Italy uh, who had never he had been in a fan for 29 years and he'd never seen a game and the fans got together and put together a GoFundMe and was able to bring him over and what better way to see your first game obviously whether it be a great cup you know Super Bowl whatever it was the it was the Arena Bowl Um, so what he brought me because he's he's really Giancarlo is really the nicest guy I mean coming again coming all the way over from Italy so of all the things we've sent him over the years he said we want I want to give you give you something uh, just for um, you know, just just more just for thanks itself, just a little souvenir type of thing. Mm-hmm. So what he brought me, and I had no clue at the moment what it was until he showed me. But he brought me over a, I guess we could say it's a, it's a souvenir, um, program from the uh the the Bergamo Lions, which is an Italian American football team. And he says specifically, he says, Tim, I want you to turn to the center photo, center page where you see the team photo. And he said, and he points, he goes, so, uh, Tim, and he points to this guy in there. And he says, Tim, who is that? I look at the picture. My eyes get bright. And the first words out of my mouth were, oh, my God, that's Danny (laughs) Machocha.
1: You gotta be kidding me!
0: I swear to you, I will send you a picture. I will send you a picture. Danny Machocha was one either the head coach or the coach. I have to look it up of the Bergamo Lions in Italy. I and I don't know what years. Um, also, I'm trying to remember what his name was here because also another CFL quarterback. I think that played. Uh, Daniel oh, Dan Crowley also played on this team. Wow! Yeah,
1: yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I think Dan Crowley was with, like, at the time when Machocho was a coach with the Alouettes. I believe Dan Crowley was also part of the team. I'd have to double check that, but yeah, uh, i I'll, I'll have to check that, too. That'd be quite the coincidence to have the, both of them on the same team in Italy after being in Montreal potentially it, together.
0: Well, it may have been before. I, I said I'd have to check and see what years Machocho was was with the team. So uh, I, I just thought that was great. You know, it's funny. It kind of brought me for, full circle. You know, he knew that. You know where. You know uh, Montreal, Alouette, CFL. I thought that was really nice of him, and especially tying it into how it was with the Arena Bowl and stuff like that, and him coming over. So,
1: oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's a great story. Yeah. So
0: uh, again, I'll, I'll I'll snap a picture when we're done with the show, and I'll I'll show it to you. So, um, um, other than that, um, uh, what we want to announce that with the ending of the season, my other season for the podcast from our arena football podcast cliff and i will be like we do normally we'll be shifting uh taping of the Allwitz flight deck to wednesday nights uh so if there are you know it should hopefully make a couple you know little things a little bit more easier for us we'll have a little bit more news that type of thing and uh uh yeah but as i just want to make sure that everybody knows that that's why the pod will be a basically a day later than what it normally is so um uh but we have to talk about the game, Cliff. I mean, that's really—it's the game. A couple of things that happened during the game—it just so frustrating, so frustrating. Um, you know, even you know, with uh, with Antonio Pipkin starting, we really weren't sure what to think, what was going to happen with this game. And as I stated last week, if I said if Pipkin's going to start, uh, I, I, paraphrasing. The Owls were going to lose. I, I think I, I think that's what I said basically.
1: Not so many words. Yes. Yeah, not, not so many.
0: Um, and he just looked horrible. He just looked horrible under center. I, I just don't understand. This is a guy who looked amazing in preseason, the first game of the preseason, and he just just did not look good at all under center this past uh, this past week. So it's. Uh, the team, at least Kahari knew that there was an issue, and he made the change when he needed to. You know, uh, with uh, uh, yeah, with, with getting our other quarterback in there, he really, he, you know, he really did not get a chance to shine because of said rainstorm, which we're going to talk about. Um, <coughs> but yeah, I, <laughs> I, I just I, I just don't know. I, I think it probably was. It probably was the best thing for them to go ahead and switch to Matthew Stilts. I mean, it's, I, I think you'll, you'll, probably, you'll most likely agree with me on that one
1: without question. And this is something that I talked about a little bit in the alternative was just in three appearances that we've seen out of Antonio Pipkin in 2019, he has not looked good at all, he's not looked prepared to lead a football team, and that's troubling. Like, I, again, I wanted to write off. That first game in Edmonton, okay, fine. He it was opening night jitters. Uh, he was, you know, finally being give, given the keys to the car, yeah. and then unfortunately he gets injured. So I wanted to give him a, a bit of a mulligan on that game. Yeah, uh, last week or I guess you know two weeks ago against Ottawa, he goes in as I said colder than the other side of the pillow because uh, uh, Vernon Adams gets hurt. Okay, like it's going to take time to get establish that rhythm and everything like that. It was more towards the end of the game. I mean, it, so again, again, I wanted to give him a, a free pass there as well. But this, this past week against Saskatchewan, as far as I was concerned, there were no excuses. Like, yeah. you had a full week of practice to yeah. get ready. Yeah. You had a full week to get down with your receivers, to yeah. get everything down. To, you should have been studying the playbook for sure. I mean, like, just as far as I was concerned, like, he just did not look prepared at all. No, he didn't. He did And And again, after one quarter, like, when he just got rocked by that one hit by... Uh, He's no kidding by uh, uh was a Don- uh, Dante Moncrief uh I'm sorry Derek Moncrief I'm sorry Dante Moncrief <laughs> plays in the NFL uh, once moncrief just knocked Pipkin into the like middle of next week I mean I mean he was looking shaky before but then after that like he just looked completely defeated like it just like for every one decent pass every other pass was just incomplete or yeah. he just He'd hand off to Jeremiah Johnson and maybe get two yards out of a run. Uh, like just nothing was clicking. Nothing at all was clicking no. with Pipkin under center. No, nothing at all. Nothing. And thankfully, Kari did make the change. He get he got Matthew Schultz, friend of the show, into the into the game. And it was funny. It reminded me exactly of when Vernon Adams took over in Edmonton. Immediately, there was just a shift. Like just you can see the the players all of a sudden just responded better. And Schiltz himself just looked a lot more calm, a lot more poised. Yep. Yep. Uh. Still, the offense wasn't quite getting things done, but they were at least starting to make a little bit of progression. And unfortunately, too, uh, Schiltze got kind of rocked himself by Cameron Judge. Not as bad though. Not as bad as Pipkin did, man. Not as bad, but holy crap! Like I think, once again, uh, the blindside just just failed for for Schiltz, whereas Pipkin just didn't read the defense whatsoever. Yeah. Like. Like, like, that that's a—that's huge. Like, when you're not making your wreath and you can't see what's coming in like, front of you, like, and again, Moncrief had Pipkin dead to right. That's 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 the unfortunate part. Oh, yeah, like, he yeah, just yeah, got yeah. leveled. Yeah. But again, both quarterbacks cough up a hit, and unfortunately, Israel cough up a touchdown. Uh, aside from that, though, the the defense was solid. Uh, special teams was fantastic. Oh, was it ever. Was talk, it ever. Talk about making up for last... Uh, two weeks ago against the Red Blacks, Shakir Ryan. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Welcome to Montreal. Oh, no kidding, man. And it what went, a run. Right at the beginning, too, man. And It's like, uh,
0: yeah, you know, I'm, it it the, the, the stadium became electrified because everybody, you know, it, this is the year, seems to be the year of the return in the CFL. we're calling
1: it. And obviously, Montreal had to get in on this party. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. And... Again, I, I think we, we've been waiting for to see this from special teams, and especially too, after after giving up two touchdowns the week before. You knew that yeah. special teams, they had a lot to prove. They had oh, to yeah. they, they had to stand up and get noticed. And they and did well. They did very they did well. Very well, all things considered. I yeah, mean, but unfortunately for
0: us, again, 14 points out of another way, which basically uh, kills the Alouettes. You know, Alouettes lose 17-10 in a, in a weather, rain, lightning Whatever shortened game. Um, yeah, it's it, it, that was the killer there, too. But also, on top of that, though, is again Boris Bede missing a field goal. Boris Bede missing the first extra point off that return touchdown. Come on, man. When is this team going to think about bringing in another? I mean, they had brought in somebody, but he was picked up, you know, he, he was picked up by, uh, taken off the practice roster by the uh, Toronto Argonauts. Mm hmm. When are they going to bring somebody else in? I understand, listen, whether it's because he feels more safe and because he is a Francophone or if he speaks French, I don't know. And and I'm not holding that against him. I I don't care if you speak English, French, Chinese, whatever. If you continue to play like garbage, as the history has shown that he goes on these streaks of playing absolutely horrible, the team needs to bring in another kicker. mm -hmm. Even if it is an international kicker
1: you have to bring one in and, and what i want to know is you've got enrique yeni sitting on the practice roster gathering dust like at this point like would it really hurt to maybe give him a few reps like maybe work something out ratio wise like I well don't know. it's like, different you, you... though
0: well, remember it's different though because there's a roster spot specifically for international uh, for what, what are we calling these world players
1: global players globals there's a spot yeah and diego coleman has been uh, he's a, a backup uh o lineman, and i think he's been playing a a little bit of special teams as well yeah like he's the right now the current uh, global player designate from the alouettes at this point i mean i mean believe me like you you can never have too many good offensive linemen but maybe at this point maybe like just what i was was not necessarily bench Betty completely but maybe now like we're kind of at a point where maybe we have to look at Get in both of them on the field. Let, let, maybe just say Bede handles field goals and kickoffs, and Yeni handles punts, or vice versa, or something. Anything. Like just shake Some, it up somehow. Something. Get both of these guys on the field. Maybe that's just that's what's going to take. Like get Maybe there's too much pressure on Bede to to perform. I I don't know. To be honest with you, I, I yeah I don't I, I don't know. There's times when he looks great. I mean, he drained like 40, uh, 43 yard field goal to at least cut the lead a little bit for the mm-hmm. Alouettes. Uh, but yeah, like shanking uh, like a, what was it a 34-yard field goal and a point after attempt after that first touchdown? Like, 30, like I said, 37. 37. I'm sorry. Yeah. But man, like, like it's just so wildly inconsistent, and it's it's troublesome. It is. I, I, again, this Alouettes team this year has had no problem getting rid of people that they just don't feel are working anymore for any reason, whether it's your head coach, your general manager. Uh, your original kick returner, uh, various other players that, for whatever reason, just don't fit in the mix, yet somehow Boris Bede still is hanging around? Like, it, is it really because he can speak French? I, I mean, Yalouettes have other players that speak French. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, like, and again, I'm, I'm trying really hard not to knock the guy just for the sake of knocking him. But, but. still, you got to be consistent. You do have to be consistent. And And, the fact that the Elowets did have Tyler Kropinia on the practice roster, and I I don't think they even had – I think they just finished putting his name on his jersey before the Argos went and swiped him. Yeah, something like that. Something Uh. like that.
0: But, uh, yeah, uh, people just – something. Do something, please. Because, you know, know, we brought in somebody. It was like two years ago, and they benched him for a little bit. Maybe that's that's what's necessary. Maybe that has to be done. But – you know, the, the obviously, you know, it was no offense and, and obviously giving up to, you know, two defensive touchdowns. Again, that's it, it just seems to be the uh, the crooks of what happened the, the past two weeks with the with the Alouettes. But um, I mean, again, th- there were some positives There were some positives for this game. I mean, uh, besides, uh, you know, besides Ryan returning that pass uh, that sorry, that that, that punt, um, you also had a very and I was like, oh, it's it's She's here. You know, it's Ryan again. Uh, it's, no no it's not it was Greg Reed like wow mm-hmm. yeah man I mean it's I think a lot of people forget who haven't sorry a lot of people who don't know Greg Reed's history where he's played in pro football have forgotten that he does returns yep and he and he almost broke two if I'm not mistaken
1: he sure did. I, I, I mean, at least got into midfield, which again, he's setting. He at least is setting the table for the offense. It's yeah, just it, unfortunate yeah, yeah. that
0: one of them was uh, one was uh, one of the punt returns was for forty-five yards.
1: Oh.
0: Uh, he was just one away from breaking it.
1: Yeah. One. Oh, away. I mean, I, and again, we've been talking about how talented a player he is, not just defensively, but now we're now everybody can finally see he's a dual threat. Yeah. I mean, like this guy. If I mean, yes, like believe me, Shakir Ryan, I think definitely earned. The, the returner spot 100%. But I mean, to have that ace in the hole, like that, just that, that little trick up your sleeve in Greg Reed, knowing that he can return kicks like that, whew, tell you what, like, I mean, that's why I'm, I, I was so surprised to see Montreal make that change, make that addition by putting Reed back there for returns. I, again, it, it changed the dynamic, I think. I think it really gave, I, I think after getting owned essentially by Ottawa the week before, I think the pressure was really on for special teams to do something special, like change things up, and they did it. And once again, like this special teams unit, uh, believe me, there's still lots of work to be done on it, but there was a, a marked improvement in just how they carried themselves. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Um, I, obviously, you know, the, the, I mean, we can look at the stats itself. I mean, there really is not much to look at. I mean, it is total total stats for the for the Alouettes. We're, uh, we're 117 yeah, to uh, to 211 for Saskatchewan.
1: Uh, wait, wait, you know what I've noticed? What's that? Yet again, what the Alouettes are doing? What's that? That number keeps going down, Tim, of yards allowed. Oh, that's true. I mean, yes, there was another 17 minutes to go in this game,
0: but still, I agree with you.
1: Right. I, again, there's, of course, going to be asterisks all over the place. Oh, against to me,
0: to me right now, the Alouettes, uh three and four record already has an asterisk by it.
1: It already has an asterisk by it. I'm sorry, but um, just but just the way that like again, I just want to go back to where this defense is going. And when you really think about it, this defense technically held the Riders to three points. It's true. I mean, uh, unfortunately, it, the I know the stat the 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 score does not reflect that. But I mean, if you think about it, like it's it's in an abstract kind of way. But if you think about it, in all reality, this defense held the Riders to three points. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The defense of the Ryers, of course, was on another level. They they scored fourteen they points. Fourteen of their own.
0: Um, Pipkin was only four of seven before being pulled, and not a single rush attempt, not a single rushing yard. He threw for a grand total of forty-seven yards. And what's yeah. funny is that his longest was twenty-two. Shilts was was, eight of, was 5 of 8 for 43 in the short period that he was in. Jeremiah Johnson replacing William Stanbeck for the week. 10 carry for 38 yards. It just didn't seem anything. Did not seem to be going at all with, with the run-in game at all this week.
1: It, it was limited at best because, I again, the, this defensive line for Saskatchewan was... Montreal was supposed to eat them up because there were so many injuries. But they... They came alive. Like they, yeah. they they answered the call. There's no question about that. Yeah. Uh, like I said, and both quarterbacks, they, they got torched, I mean, unfortunately. I mean they they, they felt the boom. Yeah. And that's again, pardon me why you wanna blame the offensive line a little bit, but I looked and it, it wasn't I, I am was trying to look for someone to who who missed their assignment. And on Schiltz on Schultz's tackle for the, the fumble, yeah, I'd say like the Again, right tackle could have been a a little bit more alert, but uh, mm-hmm. but again, in Pipkin's case, like he had to have read the defense. That's the thing. Like I'm not I'm trying not to to pick on him, but at the same time, like you, like there there there's no excuse. Like every everybody on the offensive line had their assignment, and all of a sudden, like how do you not see this guy coming? Like yeah.
0: oh, no, oh, I know, yeah. I know, I know. What's bad too? I think at halftime the Alouettes had three receivers. Um, uh, only had three receivers who had had receptions. Uh, you know, our our big guys, our big names, had not had a single pass reception all night. No. Um, and you know, we'll talk about the game in a couple of minutes. But I mean, obviously uh, the rain, but also the other big thing was on a on on a, on, a, on a on a pass where he tried to jump out and get the ball. BJ, unfortunately, BJ Cunningham came down awkwardly on his wrist, and he is done for the season.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, he uh, went and had surgery this week, and uh, they're saying he's definitely out for the regular season. And, I mean, at this point, uh, gosh. Yeah. The only thing I could hope for is, I mean, I, I would love for him to come back and, and make it for the playoffs, but, uh, wow. I mean, it just sucks. It really sucks because we've seen how much hard work he has put in year after year after year. And you just felt like this was going to be the year. He and Adams just – we're going to connect, and he's he has stepped up and made huge plays for the Alouettes when Vernon Adams is needed to. Like during that three-game winning streak, like some of the catches that Bijou is making were just outstanding. Like just, and that just speaks to his athleticism, right? Like just and his awareness of the ball at all times. Like that is just that's it's very hard to teach that. I'll, I'll go so far to say is it's almost instinctual. It's just something you have to know. Uh-huh. It's just. As you step out on the field, and BJ had like it's it's not easy to teach something like that, no. and it's not easy to replace either. So, I mean, like I said, my, my heart, I'm crushed for BJ. I really am. And, and
0: and what's funny too is also the other guy that was playing, uh, in in repl- uh, who's he replacing? You know, Spencer Moore's in there, and he gets hurt. Yeah, and he was the it, one. He was the leading receiver on the, on the team
1: this past uh, Friday. Yeah. he was. Uh, it's crazy to think, but. Uh, Sometimes that's the way it is. Like, especially too, like you got guys like uh, Quan Bray and Jake Winecki who are just—they're yeah. th- uh, getting double teamed. Like they knew, like th- those are the the current targets right now. Yeah. But Eugene Lewis was yeah, a ghost. nowhere, nowhere to be seen.
0: Uh, and, and, but the plus, the plus then, and obviously the negative thing with Cunningham. At least Posey has
1: been activated from the sixth game. That's true. Devere Posey finally taken off the six game injured list, and he'll be—he'll step in, and I know he's raring to go, and I think he'll he'll definitely pick up the slack and he'll be that veteran presence that, uh, that the quarterback needs to, to rely on. Right. And, and we also did hear that, uh, that, uh, Vernon Adams
0: was, uh, was practicing with the ones. And as, as was and,
1: William Stanback,
0: as William Stanback. And also we seem to have a new third string quarterback, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes by the name of Antonio Pipkin.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, again, I, I have to say it, would. Based solely on the performance that he put in last Friday, uh, Matthew Schultz, I guess, has that confidence now. He has that uh, that belief from the coaching staff that, hey, this, this is the guy that can step in. If, if Adams can't go, then we're going to rely on Schultz. Yeah. And now Pipkin has been sort of demoted, if you will, to the third-string quarterback, something I'm sure he was not expecting and may not be happy about. But... That's the unfortunate part. I mean, like, you have to be ready. I, I can't state this enough, is that when your number is called, you have to step up and you have to be ready to go. Yeah. Uh, there's, And I'm sorry, but in those instances that I talked about earlier, Antonio Pipkin just did not look ready to go. He did not look like a leading quarterback. He did not look – he barely looked like a quarterback that should be playing anywhere in the CFL. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, there's as far as I'm concerned, there's just no excuse. Like, it, the other two times I can, I can forgive – for his uh, not quite his preparedness, but this this past Friday in, against Saskatchewan, there was no excuse whatsoever. Like yeah. he had to have been ready, and he simply was not. Yeah, he was not. Well, he had a defense that was lit yet again. Uh, kick return for a touchdown that set should have set the tone. That should have really set the tone for the entire evening. It should have. And yet, first chance Pipkin gets, he just incomplete pass. Run goes nowhere. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 and then the second series gets rocked for that uh, fumble touchdown, and just the the wheels fell off the uh, at that point and, and stayed off. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but I mean, like, but again, like a good quarterback finds ways to overcome things like this, and he just he just didn't do it. He just did not look prepared. No. That's that's what is is really troubling. Is he just did not look ready to lead this team, especially after being upset at. Uh, his receivers the week before for not working with him it seems like and uh, being kind of standoff standoffish with the media post game like he was practically insulted it sounded like it's like okay great use that as motivation like that should have been your cue to like okay you know what I'm gonna show you clowns once and for all that yeah. I belong here yeah that was th- this that this past Friday that was your opportunity to do that and he just didn't do it no. not even a little bit no I mean and then Matthew Schultz comes in. Same idea. It's so, OK. You know, they weren't expecting him to play, but he goes in the game and he doesn't exactly light it up. But you know what? He kept things level. And if this game was allowed to go to completion. Yeah, I think I truly think that he could have maybe led this team to the comeback win. I, it, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, before we talk
0: about the infamous weather delay and cancellation or postpone or well, again, it was not a postponement, but well, no, it was cancellation. Yeah. What, what would you uh, we're going to give the this we're going to give the awards out right now. Um, I, I honestly dude uh, I, I want to get because the game was to me an incomplete I would really love to give an incompletion to everything except for the special teams I would give them an A plus <laughs> plus um, plus plus defense now defense I will rate defense I, I will I will give a B I will give a B
1: uh,
0: offense I will I would, I would give very close to being an F um, what about you uh,
1: without question special teams would definitely get an A plus just uh, the way they responded. Um, defense, yeah, I would definitely go with a B as well because again, they did their job. Like I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> they only allowed really, truly three points. Like however you want to however you want to look at it. Like they only allowed three of those 17 points this past Friday. Like this defense, they were in it. Yeah, they cared. They wanted to win this game. So I mean, it wasn't perfect. And, again, they didn't complete the job. There wasn't any pick sixes or anything like that. But, like, they they made things happen. They made plays happen like they're supposed to. So, I I'll definitely, I feel very comfortable giving them a B. And offense, yeah, I mean, this is one of those times, yeah, you'd love to be able to give an incomplete. And in all reality, we probably should because that's what the game was, was incomplete. Yeah. But I'll say D minus just because – Uh, It it wouldn't be fair to Matthew Schultz to lump him in with an F because as far as I was concerned, he did everything he could. But I think he was kind of working by himself a little bit. Like like I said, the offense as a whole just was not clicking. Whether Pipkin was behind center or Schultz was behind center, there was a lot of things that just weren't – just were not working. And it would be completely unfair to to lump the quarterback in with with that, but – Again, he's also supposed to be leading as well. Even if he's called into action a lot sooner than anticipated, but for me, I'd say this offense, yeah, yeah, I definitely have to give it a grade of D minus. Yeah,
0: obviously the 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 big elephant in the room, the big rainstorm in the room, the whatever you want to call it, was the uh, abrupt ending to this game, and on new rules that we found out were negotiated. With and just this past year, and placed into the new CBA, mm-hmm. um, there was a very interesting conversation. If anybody didn't happen to listen to it, I have to give a plug out to the guys over at the Waggle. Uh, it's about the seven-minute mark of this week's show, and it's about about f- thirteen minutes or so. when one of the uh, one of the uh, directors of football operations came on and did some very good explanations on the new rules uh, and the other the other options also within this new set of rules but what I think one of the most interesting things that I heard, Cliff and this is one thing I said to you while we were you know, stuck like sardines while waiting for the rain to stop and for them to decide what they were going to do over at Percival Molson um, was that, yes it did seem that last year's Long Live the Night Bowl was one of the main reasons and one of the biggest catalysts to making modifications to these rules uh, you know player safety whatever they want to call it um, and that another interesting comment too is that it basically because these rules are now set in place it takes the, everything out of the hands of the commissioner the commissioner doesn't have to make this decision anymore mm-hmm. got you know I, I you know oh, he does too much there's no there's no gray zone anymore now because it's all set it's all in writing um but to me it's ludicrous because when we left, because I, I don't know I don't know what you did afterwards but but when we left it h- was hardly raining hardly raining and that's what I think what pissed me off the most mm-hmm. because and on top of that an hour Major League Baseball waits longer than an hour before they call a game it, I just I, I just don't get it dude I just really don't get it I you know it, it had nothing to do with the flights it had nothing to do with that even if uh, oh, you had only a quarter of the people of the 16,000 announced show you know stayed which I would have been one of them. Of course. You know, this is all just because of uh, summarily five minutes. Just because because they're past the halfway point of the third quarter by five minutes. That's what the new rule is. Once you're past the halfway point of the third quarter and there is a a delay, if it goes more than an hour and the teams are, uh, whoever's, whoever's ahead at that point will get a win. Whoever is not, if they're tied, then they get a tie. Uh-huh. There are other options, too, depending on where, if it's in the first quarter, second quarter, wherever, that they can come back and do. It's funny. Too many games. We read this. We we're reading up on this. There actually are, if they had been tied and had been gone, canceled, uh, de- de- delayed, this could have been too many games in Saskatchewan coming up if mm-hmm. they had been tied. Right. And one of the interesting things about those new rules, Cliff, is listen to this one. So say, for instance, cause by the way, it's by points too. They they set amount of points of a percentage of 95 percent where a team cannot come back for each quarter if there is uh, if there is a delay and the game is suspended, okay, or 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 or, can, or canceled, canceled, whatever. Yeah. So, and I think we are hearing. I think what was it? Uh, it was 21 point. It was 17 points. Whatever. Toronto was back a couple of weeks ago when they had their delay. Um, but but they come to a certain amount of points where, if that's the case, then the game will, 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 can end at that point. But if they're tied, okay, say for instance, as an example, they, it's, it's, uh, it's in the second quarter, uh, the teams are still within seven points, if they had been within seven points, and they had to cancel the game, right? Mm-hmm. Next time that they would have met in uh, Regina, and say for it, we're the same score, they say for the same score. So what happens is that there's too many games each. originally starting from the 55 yard line sorry, from the 50 yard line then what they do is based on how many points you have, the difference in points uh, sorry, how many points you have is how many extra yards you get so the owls would have started from the 45 in these two mini games the riders would have started from the 55, do my math here from the 38, It's, it's an interesting concept
1: definitely okay Definitely leave a lot of people confused more than anything else, but
0: and, and, and it would have done that before the beginning of the regular game before. So, but it didn't. What's your what well, was your thought on this cancellation? And, and again, I don't know if you, I don't know if you want on the field afterwards to see some of the players or anything, but uh, what, what was your thought on this? Because I know you and you and I and a couple of others were were chatting quite a bit, and we're we're pretty you know poed about this thing. Yeah,
1: I mean just just the simple optics of you essentially have an hour like an hour delay that's what it really came down to was an hour delay and this game was finished like i I agree like as i was leaving the stadium too and it was about 20 minutes after they officially called the game yeah there was very little in the way of rain and definitely no lightning that was the other thing too is like we've played in games where there's been like torrential downpours like the rain is not the issue it's the lightning i get that but there was no other lightning. Now they were saying that supposedly on the other side of the mountain where personal Moulson is, there were still lightning strikes, and that was sort of the reason why they decided to call things. They
0: made, yeah, they made that explanation too. It's based off of uh, 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 how many kilometers away lightning is. Mm-hmm. As I said, go, everybody should go listen to the waggle in the first twenty minutes of the show. Yeah. Anyways, continue. I'm sorry.
1: No problem. But yeah, that's this. Like I said, it, it's frustrating though because. Essentially, you, you you basically got three quarters of football, not four. So naturally, fans are going to be upset, and people. Are, and what I found really fascinating was all nine fan bases, even Riders fans. Again, they're the ones that benefit from from this circumstance. Yeah, they get the win without really playing a full game, and even a lot of them, I I noticed online, they were pissed off about how mm-hmm. this like to them. They felt this win felt tainted. Of course, there were some that don't feel that way and are just happy that they won. And I, 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 get, I get that. And I, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, if the shoe was on the other foot, I'm sure there'd be lots of West fans that would be thrilled to only have to play three quarters and get a win. It's just the way the cookie crumbles, unfortunately. Uh, but to me, like, like this definitely left a, a bitter taste in a lot of people's mouths. And especially, too, when you look at previous games, like, I, I know a precedent has to... You have to start a precedent somewhere. But you take a look at other delayed games how how those were handled and those a lot of those those games were able to be finished like this this is kind of history setting well, stuff when it, you think and, about and it and it. it's
0: funny funny that you just mentioned that and um it actually was but wasn't history <laughs> I don't know how to explain this um the the cancellation actually is a CFL first so in the in the amount of time you know that the league has been been uh been in existence since 1950 uh, 50 58 1958 is that uh, this was the first ever cancellation in league history. But it also does go back to there actually have been another one which which just by the way so happened to include uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, What what year was it? I remember them saying what year it was. I have to go back and check my check my emails here. Um, it was. Uh, 1954 in October 1954, it occurred. So, uh, and that was in BC. So it it's it, it's happened before, but obviously, so the Alouettes get the first ever in CFL history. But so it, either way, it, it has happened before. But anyways, like again, I've interrupted you. Continue.
1: <laughs> well, hey at least you're interrupting me with importance, yes. important stats and, yes. and and notes for our our, our listeners to yes. appreciate. Yes. <sighs> So, again, uh, the one thing I kinda, that kind of caught my eye a little bit, though, was uh, the next day. Uh, obviously, fans, of course, were very displeased with what they saw and how things were handled, or in this case, not handled. Uh, the Alouettes did actually release a tweet uh, in response to one of these fans, and they basically said that uh, we're going to compensate our fans one way or another. Stay tuned. Uh, now, I'm not sure what exactly the Alouettes could do at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, it better not just be a hot dog, damn it. I swear to God. <sighs> <laughs> well or or a, or a free ticket
0: voucher as a season ticket holder I don't need another free ticket voucher.
1: Well as you, this is this is at this point what do you do? Like what what kind of solution can you come up with that would please everybody? And again, I realize you're not going to please everybody, but I mean at this point like how how does the team compensate the fans that were in attendance with essentially getting only 3 quarters of football? Like it's 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 a it's a weird it's 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 a really weird situation and i i personally don't have an answer like i don't know how how would i want to be compensated like i don't know like i mean i like i said there's just there's no winning scenario that i can think of in my head right now like the obvious thing would be like okay a free ticket to another game would be nice uh you know a partial refund sure why not i guess but i mean uh, free hat i don't know like i mean like that's the thing like but none of these things would change the facts that the alouettes lost that game I mean,
0: yeah and and if it came down to uh, a playoff spot or 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 a, or, a, or a particular spot or missing the playoffs by this by 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 five minutes
1: yeah uh, to me that's what I, I would think about more than anything else and like god forbid there's a scenario where montreal just misses the playoffs and you're gonna have to you're gonna have to look back and say well maybe maybe if they had a chance to at least come back and Maybe tie the, the riders or even win against the riders, this, that would change the playoff picture entirely. But Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, it's tough. I, God.
0: I, Were you able to speak to any of the players afterwards? Did any of them come out?
1: Uh, not really, no. I mean, I, I bumped into a couple of folks afterwards, but yeah. not. Uh, oh,
0: listen to this one. I listened to another, speaking of, I listened to another conversation. It was with uh, Herb Zerkowski. Uh, he was over on, uh, on TSN 690 on Monday. And uh, Joey Alfieri uh, happened to speak up about something. And this is very interesting, Cliff. Supposedly, and I, I don't know if it was him. I have to go back and listen to it again in their archives. But supposedly, with 20 minutes remaining before the game was called, the refs were already changing into their civvies. Tw- oh, yeah? 20 minutes. What does that say
1: to you? You know what I mean? That, well... You know what it kind of says to me? They knew about that rule about the one hour. Well,
0: yeah, 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 but that's but that's at forty minutes. Anything can
1: happen in a twenty minute period. I agree. I, I'm not. I'm, you're not wrong, but I, I can't help but wonder if they knew. Well, they obviously had to. Know, again, you got if you're a referee, you have to know the rules. But uh, I, I guess they they must have really thought that okay, this the, based on the downpour that was coming down, and again, like the only thing that you can really you really can't see other than if you look up in the sky with the lightning, just. Uh, how that situation goes but I, I think they were they were truly gambling on the fact that this game was going to be called and the the result would have stood if, if that's the case if that's if that's really the case that they were already changing into their civilian clothes and in their mind this game was finished I mean I, I don't know I, I don't know what else I can say about that
0: oh I know very interesting very interesting conversation uh, on Monday and Tuesday uh, all from the guys over at TSN 690 so um. Yeah, it, it's very well worth a listen. I think Tuesday was the Owls this week uh, that they do every week. So it's 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 it, it's it was it was interesting nonetheless.
1: Well, unfortunately, there's no crying over spilled milk, right? We just have to sort of accept the fact that you know this is a I don't want to say a setback, but it's it's a disappointment. There's no question. Oh yeah. And, I, I am curious to see just how the Alouettes will find a way to compensate this team, like uh, the, the the fan base that
0: yeah, nothing, got, nothing
1: that, that felt wrong yeah, no, nothing's come out yet. Well, that's I, again, I, maybe that's it. Maybe it was just trying to offer up some words of encouragement, just to, so that people weren't completely w- walking away bitter about the, how, the experience. But like, especially now with the league owning the team, like, like at, at what point can you? Like, at what point do you offer? What kind of compensation can you offer that would be? Feasible, to be honest with you, right, right. Because there were people that came in from out of town for this game, yeah. Like, like they should be compensated too. They too also paid their money to, to watch a game. It's not just Alouettes fans that are being jobbed here. I mean, uh, people from Saskatchewan came out for the game, and again, they, they walked away with a win. And I'm pretty sure that that would be their compensation. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at the same time, like, for, I guess if if you want to reward those who were in attendance, how to do so? I guess that's. uh I said, I, I'm not sure how the team's going to do that, but uh, I'm really curious to see if they actually follow through with that, or if it's just lip service.
0: I'm curious to know too. I could always contact my uh, my season ticket manager and uh, try to find out what you know what's what's the see if he has any other deets on the on what's going on. So
1: I'm curious to know. I'm curious to know. Yeah, um, disappointment all around. But yep. uh, you know, we got to have short memories, and uh, well, see, that, on, see that's on, the problem
0: too, Cliff. Though I understand that. But the last two weeks, the Alouettes. This happens to the Owls. Last week, they had a chance to go ahead and, and get within another game of the Hamilton Tiger Cats after they lost. This garbage occurs this week, and Hamilton pulls off a hell of an upset. Great game, by the way. A hell, you know, a, a great ending on that game, and they go up by another game. Yep. And that, that's that's what just you know that, that gnaws at me. That just really gnaws at me. Um, any other uh, any other interesting news before we get to the uh, uh, to the Preview of this week's game versus Calgary. Any other news across that came across the wire?
1: Uh, a couple of minor transactions. Uh, the Ailowes added a couple of players to their practice roster. Uh, we've got defensive tackle from the University of Columbia, Lord Haiyan Meng. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right. So, Lord, yep. I apologize. Yeah, we'll <laughs> wait.
0: We'll wait till we. Yeah, we'll we'll have to wait to see the uh, the pronunciation
1: on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Dal- Dalton Ponchilia has been added, a wide receiver from Western Kentucky. He was actually in training camp this year and was one of the cuts, but uh, he's back now. And uh, don't be surprised if a few more interesting names get added to the practice roster because don't forget, Tim, in the next couple of weeks, the practice roster expands to 15 players.
0: Oh, yes. Yes, that's right.
1: So when you factor in injuries and other possible uh, scenarios... And uh, we could be seeing some uh, very interesting names being added to the practice roster for the Alouettes. So I'm, Should be fun. Should be fun. I, I'm, I'm personally curious to see who, uh, who else gets added on, uh, especially too now that the Alouettes, believe it or not, are still, despite this two-game losing streak and, and such, they're still very much in a playoff picture. That's right. Uh, it, it sounds incredible to think, but I mean that's the Eastern Division for you. I mean, two teams in the East have to make the playoffs. We know Hamilton, right now at six and two, they're they're definitely sitting pretty. But someone's got to take that second spot and host a playoff game. Could still be the Alouettes. I, and this was something that a lot of people were not predicting uh, earlier this season. Now with uh, Vernon Adams back and William Stenback back, if they if they can get healthy and get back to that form that they had during that three game winning streak, then Montreal can get themselves back back into it yep. that's that's and, the beautiful part about football is it's not over until it's over so
0: yep and continuing too that uh you know we got the next two games are on the road um you know what it's a heck a heck of a road trip by the way calgary and then moncton um, but uh they're two very winnable games that's the thing first time that they'll have played they'll have played the argos this year so we'll have to see uh we'll have to see what uh what what comes of these two games? But uh, yeah, I'm I'm very I'm very interested. I'm very interested to see what what's going to happen with these two. So <laughs> I really am. Oh, that's new. I just noticed that they're actually posting the winning fifty fifty numbers on the website now. As well they should. As well they should. As well they should. I, I, what I think is uh, it's totally off topic. I love that you're able to buy a, a ticket online for the Ottawa Red Blacks to play in the fifty fifty.
1: I think a few other teams are doing that now too. I think Edmonton and BC are also offering the opportunity to play. Uh, 50-50 uh, draw. Yeah, I, I would love that. I would love that. So, especially in Edmonton, where those prizes get up to like one hundred, two hundred thousand dollars. Oh,
0: yeah. I don't. You know, I don't. The only way, and this is this is not a knock on Owl's fans. You know, because I have seen the, the numbers for the Blue Jays series get up to a hundred thousand um, dollars. The only way that it's going to do it is if if the Owls start started off at ten thousand dollars, which has been done. I think did. Didn't Edmonton in their first game say a guaranteed fifty thousand dollars lot?
1: Yeah, because they they actually started their number at a hundred thousands. So of course. Oh man. 50, of course, fifty percent goes to charity. The other fifty percent goes to the winner. Yeah. So yeah. So right away, just without anyone else buying a ticket, you'd be getting, you know fifty k richer. And of course, everybody's going to you, you hear those numbers right off the right off the bat. People are going out there buying tickets, and oh, of course, uh, that's how the pot's skip to be like massive, but. This is still a relatively new thing here in Quebec, the whole 50-50 thing. So I, I, I think it's going to be a while before people really catch on to that. Like, it,
0: Well, d- dude, I, I well, the thing is they've taken advantage of I said, for the Blue Jays series. But, you know, we all remember the days where even though it was moitié moitié, it was only a maximum of $2,000 that you could win. Yep. Which was ludicrous considering that they're calling it a 50-50. Yeah.
1: Well, like fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly.
0: By the way, don't forget that we are on social media. There are places that where you sure for sure can find us. Uh, if you want to follow us on social, it would be over at Alouette's FL Deck on Twitter, and over at uh, just search for Alouette's Flight Deck over on uh, Facebook. Um, if you want to follow me on Facebook, it would be at Re. Uh, sorry, excuse me, on Twitter, it would be at Repact. that's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. If you want to follow Cliffy, that would be at uh, at Cliffy D. Uh, if you also all want to listen to the archive of all the shows for the Alouette's Flight Deck, you can go to www.alouette'sflightdeck.ca. Also, you can head over to Google Play Music. You can go to, uh, uh to Apple Podcasts, to Spotify, and to Stitcher. So we got Calgary this week, bud. Um... We don't really know the status of the, of the, if Bo Levi will be playing right now, but as of taping today on, on Wednesday, he isn't going to be playing as of yet.
1: Well, not 100%. They, they did not say anything. They, they still are hush hush. Very hush hush, and he was very much a limited participant in, in practice. Nick Arbuckle, the quarterback who has been playing in relief of Bo Levi Mitchell, once again is taking the majority of the snaps in uh, practice for calgary so leads me to believe that uh, unless something miraculous happens on thursday i got a feeling Bolivai may dress for the game but i don't think he'll actually be starting in the game right
0: um the owls have lost three straight to the uh to the stampeders and when it comes to playing at uh at McMahon, it's it's yeah, it's not the oh old boy. <laughs> it's it's not so good. Nine straight losses at McMahon.
1: Yeah, the last game that they won at uh, McMahon Stadium technically was the 2009 Grey Cup.
0: Oh well, yeah, and actually, it was actually the 2000. It actually was the 2009 season.
1: Yep, there there too. So yeah,
0: uh, in July, actually, it was uh, Canada Day. Yep, that's Canada. right Canada Day uh, 2009 so. um, Since,
1: since uh, the, it's become the new streak Instead of uh, BC Place uh, The curse of BC Place It's now uh, it's just the curse, curse of McMahon It's the curse of the West
0: What are you talking about, dude? <laughs> what, uh, what does uh, what, uh, Obviously we know who's going to be starting for the Alouette At least it seems to be starting for quarterback And we're getting uh, our running back also What do the Alouettes have to do Whether it be Arbuckle, whether it be Bo Levi What do they have to do in order to win this game?
1: They just got to stick to what they've been doing. I mean, this defense, once again, will have to come alive and will have to take advantage of the fact that there's still several injuries for for Calgary. Uh, I mean, Nick Arbuckle has definitely proven that he's a gamer. He's more than likely going to end up being either in Ottawa or Toronto next year as their starting quarterback. That's the feeling I'm getting right now, or unless he goes to the XFL. But, uh, yeah, I, I think once again, this defense is going to have to keep playing the way they have been playing. I, I'd be floored, quite frankly, if they managed to stifle Calgary's offense to like 200 yards like they have been the, the past few weeks. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the key right now, though, is this offense has to get back on track. I'm hoping now if Vernon Adams does start the game, and it looks like he's going to, we can stand back, back in the lineup. Hopefully, that's just going to get put everybody back the way they're supposed to be, and they finally get things moving again because the past couple of weeks it just it hasn't been there offensively. Yeah, uh, to me, that's key. And to tell you the truth, like, I mean, with both even if both even Mitchell were to start the game, he, he hasn't thrown a, a worthwhile pass since June, yeah. So, I mean, like. People expect him just to waltz in and just blow up the Alouettes. It's not going to happen. This Uh, is Bo Levi, though. But then again, this is a different Alouettes defense, too. Exactly. It's a a much different defense than what we saw over the past couple of years. And again, even before his injury, Bo Levi was looking good, but not... He didn't look like that MVP that you expect him to be. He didn't look like that dominant force that he should be. Yeah, And again like the, the the Stampeders have gone through so many changes and they're still rolling though I mean they're still I believe they're five and three now and again like this is still a very good team and that's the thing like you cannot Cal- Calgary out by any stretch of the imagination uh what I'm curious to see though is uh their running game I mean they've taken a few hits uh, at the uh, running back uh, unfortunately uh, Romar Morris who they just got back unfortunately suffered yet another injury Oh, uh, so, so, like the poor guy just can't catch a break. I, again, I poor choice of words. <laughs> He's been unfortunate when it comes to the injury front. Uh, so really, I, I, I'm I'm really curious to see. Just like one thing with Calgary though is their mentality really has been next man up. Like someone goes down to injury, someone steps up and. You really can't count out Eric Rogers. I mean, that guy—the oh, yeah. guy just finds ways to score no matter what. I mean, that's that's just what he does. He he scores touchdowns. Uh, Montreal is going to have to find a way to shut him down. Uh, what will help though is a bunch of former Calgary Stampeders will be in the lineup, such as Tommy Campbell, Patrick Levels, uh, hopefully Siyanti Evans. Uh, I know he was banged up uh, against the, the Riders. Hopefully he'll be okay and ready to go. I mean. Those are some of Calgary's best players over the past couple of years, and now they're wearing blue and red. That bodes very well, as far as I'm concerned. Like if those guys can show up and remind Calgary that hey, we used to be here, and uh, you know now we're coming for you. Yeah, believe me, that's uh, that's a good. I-, I won't say swagger to have, but it's that that co- it's it's a confidence builder. It's one thing that's going to help. Montreal feel like hey this is a winnable game you you said it from the top Tim this is a winnable game yeah. I, I don't think Montreal will be dominant by any stretch of the imagination but they will not be the doormats that people expect them to be like I definitely think this game has potential to be a lot of fun and I think uh if you look uh, there's a couple of betting sites that actually still had Montreal uh or Calgary favored by seven and a half uh quite frankly if if you, you can still find that folks Get in on that because uh, I think Montreal can definitely cover seven and a half points as that, far as I'm concerned. That actually, I was just
0: about to say that. Thanks for stealing my thunder, man. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it was bound to happen. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, currently at five dimes. It does have the Calgary Stampeders favored by seven uh, with an over-under of 51 and a half points. Um, it looks like the, the betting line has gone anywhere from, from eight between it's, – it's gone between six and a half and eight po- – sorry, six and eight points difference for this game. So um, it, interesting. Uh, yeah, seven I, – I will – you know, for Calgary and Montreal, uh, it just shows that they're, they're – they're showing that Montreal is a different team. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at the other things, like, uh, as an example, Winnipeg. Winnipeg's favored by 12 over BC. <laughs> Edmonton's, wow. Edmonton's, Edmonton, Edmonton – that's funny. And Edmonton's favored by nine over the Argos. I thought that would be higher. And and, and Hamilton's only a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Ottawa. I thought that would be higher.
1: Yeah, I thought so too. But uh, let's not forget too that uh, Hamilton, they had to fight back to get that win against BC. Uh, I mean, Winnipeg, uh, Winnipeg's... Yeah, that's that's about where I'd I'd, I'd put their their odds. But uh, even Edmonton, too, they also had to fight and scratch their way to get a win over Ottawa last week. So I can see where some of these lines get skewed a little bit, and I'm pretty sure that when they were setting the odds for Montreal-Calgary, a lot had to do with the quarterbacking situation on both teams because, yeah, I mean, on the surface, if Bully Mitchell was ready to go and Vernon Adams wasn't, oh, yeah, I definitely see a huge swing in points right there, but... uh, yeah, I, I, I think this will be interesting. I'm, but I'm telling you right now, I definitely think win or lose, Montreal can definitely cover seven and a half points.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping i it's more of a win. <laughs>
1: well, yes, I, I think, that, would, that would be I, nice. I,
0: I think they need I think they need this win because obviously they got Ottawa on their tails. They're half a game back. We we need this win.
1: But you know what? If the co- the quarterbacking combo of but, Vernon Adams and Matthew Schultz, if that's how it's going to be, I feel a lot more confident with that going into this game against the Stampeders. Then I would say if Pipkin was anywhere within sniffing distance of the field. Yeah. And, and, to tell you the truth.
0: And I will admit, considering that, that it is Ottawa and Hamilton this week, um, that could be a help. You know, even though if Montreal wins and Ottawa does win, it, it it helps us get closer to Hamilton. So it can be a win-win situation no matter what this weekend for the Isles. Mm-hmm. As long as they win-win-win.
1: Yes, absolutely. And... Again, like uh, there's a time when, again, the, this game was like a foregone conclusion. Like just playing it was a formality. But now this this year, there's been enough changes, enough things have gone differently for both teams that this game isn't quite so cut and dry as a lot of people may want it to be. And that's the fun of football, folks. Is that you just you never know what's going to happen. And I got a feeling too that based on his attitude, his demeanor, not just throughout practice this week, but even last during last week's game playing with the fans like he used to do. I think Vernon Adams is he, he's itching to get back into it and again, I think he really does want to show everybody yet again, that, hey, I belong here. I be, I am the leader of this team. I'm the man and I'm going to show it to you day in and day out. And if that doesn't get your if that doesn't get your juices flowing, folks, I, I don't know what to tell you because this is a guy that wants to be a leader. That he wants to be in the discussion when it comes to elite quarterbacks in this league right. and He's getting there. Every single day that he's been playing, he has gotten closer and closer to that goal. Again, I'm not ready to anoint him. The next one, like, uh, like the next Boldy if I mentioned, or even Mike Riley. But I tell you what, folks, Vernon Adams definitely belongs in the discussion when it comes to the quarterbacks in the Canadian Football League. Right. And you're going to see that this Saturday. Win or lose, I think you're going to see just how good of a quarterback Vernon Adams really is. And I think this game is going to test him. And he's going to rise to that occasion. And... I can't wait quite frankly i cannot wait to see what he does
0: and by the way before we go we have to at least mention you're talking about vernon adams a very positive sign of him at halftime coming out and throwing with the fans which seems to be if he's if he's hurt or if he's or if he's been you know a healthy scratch it always seems to be a uh, a weekly occurrence of him tossing the ball back and forth with the fans but what we were not expecting what we weren't expecting is obviously with Vernon throwing the ball ball into the stands. A fan throwing it past Vernon, but it wasn't an incomplete pass. The pass oh, no. the pass was caught by TSN sideline reporter from Montreal, John Lou. Oh yeah. Oh man, <laughs> what a catch! And, the, and look, if you haven't seen it yet, you. And if you're a CFL fan, I'm sure you have seen it, but you have to go look and look this thing up on social media. Especially on Twitter, the look on Vernon's face when he saw John catch that was priceless.
1: Oh yeah, he lit right up. It was hilarious. You know, it's like
0: all this bad stuff about you know TSN report, reports reporters can't catch anything, uh, You know, it's 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 nice to see that some of them are you know, are, you know some of those uh, sideline reporters do come to ball.
1: <laughs> oh man, it's, tell you what they. John Louie, I mean, he's a fashion plate to start with. So he he wins people over with that alone. Uh, the guy does his work uh, day in and day out. He he brings it every single game. Hey,
0: but if, if he wa- it- if he wants to rock the rock those the those short dress pants when it's a hot outside, hey, I'm okay with that.
1: I'm okay with that. That's it. He, he's a professional. What, do you, what what more could you ask from the guy? And then oh by the way, he can pull off the Odell Beckham Jr. catch. Whew. There you go. The the legend of John Liu grows every single day. Yeah, exactly.
0: So, uh, what what you got planned for this weekend, Cliff? Besides the game on Saturday, anything?
1: you uh, just uh, take it easy and uh, just enjoy football. It, it, also, too, NCAA starts this weekend. What? Yep, it does. It does. So, it's not even September yet. I thought they started in September. Nope. there's a, a few colleges that are, uh, are are getting games going. So, uh, wow, wow. And, NFL preseason. I mean, like, eh. eh, eh. yeah,
0: it's true. It's preseason. It is preseason. It's preseason. So, okay, well, that's cool. Uh, Well, we hope you enjoy uh, the game this week. Um, And we hope to see you obviously here again uh, next week here on the Alouette's flight deck. Uh, So everybody uh, have a good week. And uh, for everybody here at Alouette's flight deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on final approach.